Ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Uh, get lucky this Valentine's Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. G'day listeners and welcome back to today's episode of the Keeper League Podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, my name's Hef and today I am joined by the only North Melbourne fan I know. Welcome Nathan from Hatchat. How are you mate? Good, mate. Yeah, it's the reason that I decided to get into AFL fantasy podcasting. There wasn't enough North Melbourne content out there, so I thought, who better to do it than the only North Melbourne fan out there? Yeah, well, they say find your niche, mate. But uh, look, it's, it's a pretty brave niche to dive into being an, a North Melbourne supporter. Um, I wouldn't be keen to do it, spend that much time talking about them. But uh, look, I respect you for it anyway. Look, that's why I got into podcasting is because I could talk to other people about it and they wouldn't, they would have to listen to me rather than talking to my fiance about it. <laughs> oh, well, who look, does least- not listen to me. Your fiance is probably pretty happy about it at least. So, yeah, at least someone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, North Melbourne, that's the team we're talking about today, obviously. Um, describe their year for us. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a little bit, obviously, a rebuild year as well. I'm actually quite excited for it. I was quite excited last year as well, to be honest. But I think with Clark at the helm, it's going to be a really confusing time for a lot of fantasy coaches. And that's what makes it so interesting because there's players I think that we think will be relevant, but then a Clark or game style change might make them not relevant. And players that we've absolutely not be seen anywhere uh, could potentially find their way into North's best 22. So what type of game style do you think Clarko brings to you guys? I think he'll hold the ball a little bit more. I do think it'll be a little bit similar to the way that they played under David Noble in the sense of sort of keeping it around in their, their back six a little bit longer. Uh, I don't, know if we'll have the same sort of dashing out of halfback as we had from from Goat from Hall um, when obviously when he had that massive year but I do think we'll hold the ball probably a little bit more in order to give a little bit of confidence to the kids we do have the fifth youngest list in the AFL and a lot of those players that are actually in our best 22 are still probably sort of 22 23 so I see them having a little bit slow and a bit contested as well given the midfield of, of Jai and Cunnington and LDU, they're sort of big balls in that midfield there. So yeah. I see them playing sort of a slower game style in that regard. That's probably good for fantasy coaches out there. There might be some points on offer if they can hold onto the ball and, you know, you know, just try to possess a bit more. There might be a few extra marks and kicks and things like that around the place. So um, probably bucks the trend a bit of what other teams are kind of doing. But uh, it makes sense for a young side to actually try to focus on holding the footy so you can actually work out how to use it, I guess. Yeah, and there'll probably be the less pressure and less press up in that in that forward line as well. So whoever North is playing, I think will also potentially do very well in fantasy. <laughs> well, that's always been the case, hasn't it? Anyway, uh, we'll get stuck into the show. Uh, as per usual, we're talking about undervalued players, breakout contenders, and some stash options for the future. So straight off the bat, uh, a few listeners are interested in Liam Shields. So I guess the big question is, will he actually be used like his values at an all-time low probably at his whole career he's got forward status so the interest is there 
what are your thoughts? Will he actually play or is he just there to coach kind of like um, Scott Thompson was uh, – not Scott Thompson, who was uh, – Tom Lynch, sorry, was uh, there last uh, last year. Do you reckon it's a similar type thing? I think it's a it's close to a similar type thing, but I think there is more of a chance that he gets used given that Zebel has given up the captaincy. I think it's going to be either Zebel or Shields that plays in every game uh, just to give a bit of leadership in that, in that sort of back half as well. So he mentioned earlier in the season as he got uh, – picked up by North in the supplementary period that uh, I got a phone call and it was more based around life after football, which probably isn't a great sign yeah, for definitely. him going. And he says, essentially, though, as the talks progressed, there's an opportunity to play a little bit of footy. So I don't have him playing over five games, but if Zebel gets injured or Zebel essentially gets dropped, uh, then I think there's the potential for him to come on or for him to come on as a, as a sub, uh, sort of just bring that a little bit of experience into the team. Yeah, so don't expect a Luke Hodge at Brisbane type scenario. More there for the coaching side of things and, um, yeah, break glass in case of emergency in terms of leadership. Is that right? Yeah, it, it'll be a pick him up if it turns out that he's named. Uh, pick him up off your waiver wire and play him and stream him for one week until he gets rested the next week. Yep. No, nah, fair enough. All right, speaking of forwards, we'll move on to Ben Cunnington. So listed as a forward just due to not being completely in the midfield um, last year and rotated up forward. Um does he play his old role that he played prior to 2022? And um, what average do you see on the cards for him this year? Ben Cunnington is the person I'm probably most excited for in terms of fantasy at North Melbourne. Obviously, LDU, I think, will obviously do amazingly. But in terms of someone that would be unique, Cunnington, obviously, amazing story, sort of coming back from cancer last year and obviously just did not have that same level of fitness as we would expect him to have. So rested forward a significant amount of time. In all of the, the match sims so far, he's basically playing as that third mid. So it's LDU, Simpkin, and Cunnington are the three main mids. And instead of resting on the bench, he's now resting forward. Uh, and he rested forward and has kicked a couple of goals in the match simulations. So I see anywhere from 80, probably to 85 plus on the cards for him. I do think that overall they'll try to give uh, the younger boys a little more opportunities in the midfield as well. So he might necessarily, particularly if North start the season, say 0-10. But I think that Clarko isn't going to want to lose games. And they've already said that and come out and been pretty strong with it, that they're not here to lose games and, and rebuild entirely just to tank to get that first pick. They want to win. And the best chance that they have is when Cunnington's in that midfield. Well, that's good news for me because I traded uh, Bailey Scott and got Cunnington in return as I desperately needed a forward. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, especially North Melbourne-centric trade. Yeah, very, very, very much so. Uh, yeah, needed a forward and in the window. So I think he's a good option there, despite him probably will retire probably in the next few years. Not a good long-term option, but if you need a forward this year, highly recommended, I reckon. All right, well, that'll do with the undervalued. Um, let's move on to the breakout contenders. Um, a guy that I'm just seeing his name everywhere at the moment, and that's Will Phillips. He's all the rage. He's having a massive preseason. Just talk us through your expectations for him as a supporter. Yeah, I think the expectations for him at the moment from the fantasy community are largely just built up. There's a few players every year that get built up from the classic hype. And given how he's so cheap in fantasy at the moment, he's in most people's sort of M7 and M8 spot in classic. So it means that everyone's talking about him a lot. I do have high hopes for him. Um, I do think eventually he'll become sort of a, a good player. I don't see him getting to that 100 plus average that I would be looking for from sort of a younger player like this. Uh, so compared say, to, to Will Ashcroft, where obviously it looks like he's going to be 100 plus for most of his career. I see Will Phillips as an excellent player that, that North absolutely needed. It was 
very surprised when he got drafted instead of Logan McDonald. Yep. But I think immediately every single North fan just went to YouTube just to watch highlights uh, to find out whether or not we'd made a massive mistake. And most people tend to agree that we we didn't make that mistake. Uh, obviously, the glandular fever last year means yep. that he was significantly underdone. And so there is a little bit of wary with that. But by all reports, he is hitting the ground absolute running at training and he's doing really, really well in that full-time midfield role. Yeah, no. Nah. I'm still a little bit worried about yep. him though. Yep. I, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire as most people thought. I do think he'll probably, for this year at least, average 70 to 80. Yeah, okay. That's not too bad. Um, the, I guess the disappointing thing, he lost his four status due to the only games he played um, were in the, the twos were, were midfield time. So a few people are a bit dirty on that. But if you can have a return, you know, around that kind of mark, um, if not this year, definitely in the future, I think, people, like keeper league coaches will be happy regardless, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be dropping him. I think last year everyone was a bit more concerned about him long-term with injuries. So they were dropping him, I think, from their sort of best 15, best 16. He's one I would be keeping and holding on to. All right. Well, that bodes well for a, a keeper league like ours where we do keep 16. I've had a lot of questions about him over the last few weeks, so hopefully that answers it. Um, we'll move on to Tom Powell. So highly rated junior. Sanford under-18s numbers were through the roof. Um, Sanford under-18s don't seem to go – doesn't seem to translate the fantasy-wise as well as, say, the NAB league does and stuff like that. I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. But there's a lot of hype about him because of those numbers anyway. But what do you see his role being both this season and for the future? And what type of score is he going to be? I mean, he's, he's I think the sample is closer than the, than the needful was at the very least. Yeah, very much uh, so. <laughs> but yeah, so Tom Powell is one that's, I think, a, a case of too many, too many midfielders in the North team that are actually sort of their best player. Um, we've seen the emergence of, of Phillips as well. Um, and with LDU, Cunnington, Simpkin, and even Greenwood, I find it very, very difficult for him to get into those center bounces. So we've seen him uh, a lot lining up on the wing. But unfortunately, over the last year, I think Bailey Scott um, has absolutely nailed down one of those wing roles. And I think bringing in Darcy Tucker uh, and also Curtis Taylor as well, both probably fill up that other wing role. So I don't really see a spot for Tom Powell to come in very easily into the team and play that role, that accumulator role that he played during the, the under-18s. So I'm pretty concerned about him to be honest i personally think he's going to be a sub sort of a fringe 22 sub candidate um but it all depends on if clarko loves him and loves his style of play but there hasn't been too much fanfare i guess from from the north media department or for people that the the match sims that tom powell is you know he's playing in the in the b team so i'm not particularly too hot on him so he might be one where you have to potentially drop if you don't see him playing this year. Yeah, I tend to agree. He does make the perfect sub given your midfield makeup and stuff like that. So that is a role. Definitely see him playing. So yeah, a few coaches there might be disappointed. Um, We'll move on. You spoke about the wing role and stuff like that before. So we'll move on to Darcy Tucker, I guess. So is your gut feel that he he gets a game and is it going to be on that wing? He always seemed to talk about himself as an inside midfielder, but always seemed to play outside roles. Um, What's your take on Darcy Tucker? Yeah, I think he's being optimistic. I think yeah, he, I think he fits in well at that wing role, personally. Uh, and I think he'll probably fit into North's best 22, um, which, you know, is sad given that Freer was just willing to, to give him away and he's in our best 22. But I think that he probably fills up that wing role while Curtis Taylor and Bailey Scott are still developing their skills as well. Um, I think he'll probably most likely start on the bench most games is sort of my, my prediction for him. Uh, I think he's, you know, worth rostering in a massive league, but not necessarily worth an early draft pick in that regard. 
Yeah, given he's got forward status this season, it makes him kind of slightly more valuable. We always say, like, if you're looking mm. for – you target really three types of players um, in AFL fantasy. You target the inside midfielders um, or the guys listed as defenders or forwards that play up on the wing or halfback flankers, essentially, <laughs> the players that you want. Yeah. So, he fits one of those kind of um, – one of those roles there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do, like, given a chance. It does kind of – doesn't – I don't know. Given they lost Blake Akers, you thought they might be a spot at him uh, Fremantle, but they're obviously keen to blood some of the youngsters in that spot and that's fine just if you look at his last uh, i think it was five games in the waffle um i can't remember i'm off the head check out my article that comes out on this or the article that comes out on this uh this week because the numbers in waffle were through the roof over his last five games so shows a fantasy ceiling there shows that he's hungry wants to play um Listed as a forward, I think if you can get a 75 kind of average out of him, it's on the cards. And I think that's going to be pretty handy in a forward line. Wouldn't you agree? I'd agree. Do you, the potential also I see for him, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this actually, with Hall, if Hall does, you know, go down as he's probably, he's got his Achilles already before the season's even started. Uh, and Goda's not quite ready. There's the potential I see Darcy Tucker to fit in potentially a little bit off across halfback. Obviously Griffin Logue down there as well. So there's potential for a little bit of a freer connection. So that's one thing that I'm potentially looking out for yep. as it comes closer and closer to round one. But yeah, I think that sort of 70 to 75 target is achievable, noting that it is a North Melbourne wing player. <laughs> so typically there are less opportunities for them to, to, to win back the ball as it's moving up the field. But potentially if he drops back as a sort of a defensive wingman, that I think could be the potential there where he would score that 75 mark. Yeah, definitely. But just don't expect that forward status for the future by the sounds because yeah, he's either going to be on the wing or on defence. So, yeah, you know the drill, people. Um, yeah, try it, to d- it depends where Zeebel plays, to be honest. Yeah, if true. If Zeebel continues his role forward, then Darcy Tucker might spend more time backwards. But I personally think Zeebel's going to head back okay. again this year uh, with Cl- under Clarko, probably move, try to go back to that Luke Hodge role because he wasn't incredible as a forward and if he's there then i can't really find out who would fill out that other half forward flank spot for north so i think that potentially might be where darcy tucker does spend a bit of time if zebel does end up playing back so do you think zebel is a potential undervalued player really if he because he was great in that year on the half back line in terms of fantasy could he be an undervalued type i'm i would say that if he hadn't lost the captaincy yeah okay. there is the potential here that i think north is going look you're at the end of your career mate you've been an absolute massive champion for us but unfortunately, there's a high likelihood you're going to get dropped at some point this year. Yeah, there fair. were a few games last year where he probably should have been dropped, but yeah. you can't drop your captain when you're you know, 1-15 in 15 or whatever we were. Yeah. So I, I think that if they're trying to be more and more competitive this year, if they start being competitive, I think that he might get dropped as well. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the stash options now. Um, Tristan Cher- uh, Cherry, did I say that correctly? Um, he's the first player on that Cherry. list now. Cherry, yep. Um, look, how does the Ruck situation work at North, really? Um, yeah, that's basically what I want to know. And does he get a decent run at things? Yeah, so the, the Ruck situation, I think, is going to be two Rucks. Um, so I think Goldstein, obviously, is just defying uh, Father Time in the sense and I think he'll be the number one ruck still. He's a free agent at the end of this year. So whether or not he said he wants to go on and play more, that his body feels good. But we know with Ruckman, that could change at any point. So Cherry is definitely learning in the tutelage from underneath him because he's a much better tap Ruckman than the North's two other options, being Coleman Jones and Combin. So I think they are grooming Cherry to be that next number one ruck spot. Um, it'll just be in terms of if he actually does it, if it's worth holding on to him this year and next year, if Goldie does play, 
given that he's probably, I don't think he's going to be sort of a, a top 10 type Ruckman going forward. I think sort of his ceiling might be about 70 to 80 going forward as he's not as great with his hands around the ground as we see sort of the top scoring rucks are. Yeah, I, he strikes me as like one of those players that you, if you miss out on like a good Ruckman at the start of the draft, he's one in the future mm. you could take at the lower ends just to kind of fill the spot and it allows you to target like a midfielder earlier or something like that um, when the Ruck run does come on. So, yeah, I think he could go around that 80 mark one day. I just don't know if it happens straight away, that's all. Um, we'll yep. move on to one more breakout contender. Sorry, one more stash option, sorry. Um, one game we saw of him last year, that was Josh Goda. People are really hyped on that one game because it was actually a good performance. Yeah. I didn't actually see it, but I do remember Kayser's recount of it and he was very excited. Do you think he can potentially be a breakout? My gut feel is we just have to temper our expectations and let kind of development do his thing, do its thing. So what do you reckon? What's the go with Goda? Yeah, obviously it was a game against Gold Coast last game of the season. North Melbourne had emotionally checked out a few weeks prior and Gold Coast, I think, as well had checked out. So no one gave I wouldn't a shit, be basing anything. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one really cared about that game. Um, I did watch that game at, at 2 a.m. my time. So I think I was the only person that gave a shit uh, about that game. And at halftime, I no longer gave a shit. And turned off. So I, I do think Goda will be a fantastic option. I do think he's the natural replacement for Hall as that, dashing, as that dash across halfback. I think he'll be very, very good. Whether or not, he has that development this year and is allowed to make those mistakes as he obviously, I think will just make those mistakes as he's raw and, but is being encouraged to essentially, to essentially run with the ball as much as he can. So I do think he has the potential to sort of be an 80, 85 averaging defender long-term. I don't see it this year unless Hall's consistently injured and doesn't start round one. And they basically just put Hall on ice and go, well, we don't, we won't have Hall for next year either. So we may as well just go all out with you, Goda, and then you can make as many mistakes as you want. But he is an absolute North fan favorite, um, given that he, he grew up sort of a, a North fan yep. and wore a North scarf to his, uh, to his graduation uh, <laughs> after he got drafted. So we, we love that sort of dedication and passion and, and North fans are very, very excited for him. There is hype around him potentially playing round one as well. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, like you said, it, it's it's circumstantial what happens throughout the year and that sort of stuff. There is a chance, but for me, I reckon we just hang on one year. Definitely don't be dropping if you've got him, but just don't be disappointed if he doesn't produce what we saw in that one game last season. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be trading for him unless I don't think that I think that you're if you're interested in trading for him, you're the person that values him significantly more highly than that. <laughs> All right. It's him or Lockie Young for me, to be honest. Yeah. Those are the two basically, I think, competing for the same role yep. and same position. And I do think Lockie Young's better than him at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think Goda is much better long term prospects. We're about to move into the any other players section, but Lockie Young is someone I I liked last year. I think it depended a lot on who was injured and who was out, but there were times where and depending on what role he had to play in the game, there were times that he had to yeah, that he actually scored quite well because he either was the fill in for say someone like um Aaron Hall, but there was also times where he had to play defensive as well. What's your take on someone like him? Yeah, he's one as well that I think I think uh, a, f- a couple of years ago, I had Jake from Hatchat message me going, hey, mate, I'm in this keep like, do you think that Lockie Young will play for North this year? Um, do you think he'll be consistently best 22? And I went, probably not, no. And then ended up playing, I think, like 15 <laughs> out of the, the 22 games. So yeah. uh, so obviously my, my perspectives and my insights on Lockie Young, I would take with a massive grain of salt. But I do think he locked down a bit of a spot there last year. 
Um, and for me as well is one that if Zeebel goes back, he might be squeezed out. But if Zeebel stays forward, I think that Lockie Young has a role back there to play. Yeah, definitely someone worth considering, at least for a bench option, I think. Because, um, yeah, mm. it has the potential to put up a decent score here and there. Handy if you can loophole it on um, also. All right. Uh, any other players on top of that? Or are you you good with that list? Uh, there's a couple There's a couple that I'm thinking of. The number one, I think, on most people's lips, particularly around sort of my homekeeper league, is people asking me about Jaden Stevenson. Yeah, definitely. Whether or not they even see him, he's going to play this year. Yep. What's your take? Because so, there was the match. There was a match sim um, earlier uh, this week, and he was in the B side. He wasn't even the best 22. So essentially, I think it is basically how much he pisses off Clarko um, as, a, as a human being or as a player. I think it'll be whether or not Clarko can stick with him. And obviously, when he's, when he's on, he's on. Um, and I potentially will take that halfback role um, that obviously Taran has thrown away. So I think that he potentially... We'll have a good role if he makes it into the team. I currently don't have him in best 22, personally. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the type of player that Clarko would particularly love. He'd have to do a bit of work, no. I think, to earn his trust. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, especially yeah, if you say he was with the B team in the match teams and stuff like that. Not good signs for and him. The lo- and the last one I'm going to point out, just because it's extraordin- the theme is extraordinarily niche North Melbourne players, Blake Drury, yep. sort of one of our last picks in the draft. Uh, if Hall isn't ready, I think he potentially could be a round one bolter as well, just to sort of be a bit wary of um, if you're in an extraordinarily deep keeper league draft. All right, Nathan, bringing the rookies into the show. We don't usually talk about the rookies on this show just because we have so many good rookie resources uh, on our website uh, and we've kind of talked about them a lot in depth on there, but I do like to hear one or two sneak in, especially when it's one I've got a good vibe about as well. So, not Blake Drury, put him in your black books there. Um, but, yeah, make sure you read all about him in our drafty analysis guide and uh, our members get access to that. So, um, we actually have – we read 10 gold members' names out on the show each week. So, um, thank you to the following. Seamless transition. <laughs> Very good segue. Um, you had to ruin it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, gold members, thank you to – Tom Hawkins. Uh, that's a very familiar name. I wonder if it's the uh, the player himself. I don't know. I, mean, I, I hope so. <laughs> Surely it is. Fan- <laughs> you're oh, fantasy relevant. He's always been fantasy relevant. <laughs> yep, definitely. If he's listening, uh, Thomas Webster, Mr. K, Braden Coombe, Michael Wiltshire, uh, Scott Carter, Aaron Todd, Shannon Woods, Wayne Haywood, and Dane Begovic. So thank you to those gold members. Um, if you want to get your name read out in the podcast, sign up as a gold member, or if you just want access to our sweet, sweet premium resources, which include all the drafty analysis stuff, the breakout tracker, our rankings coming out uh, now over the coming weeks, um, and plenty of other stuff, CBA analysis, kick-in analysis, you name it, it's up there. Are you a, you're a member, aren't you, Nathan? I am, yes. What do you do? You I, guys uh, use it for your show? Do you guys use it to? Yeah, so we tend to use all the different resources in a bit different ways. So obviously, the the drafty fantasy analysis was probably the most valuable to our show because essentially, when there was a rookie that we didn't know as we were going through the different teams in our analysis of them, we just used uh, your resources to get a quick look at the stats and their fantasy outlook as well, credited yeah. appropriately, of course. <laughs> uh, and I personally uh, tend to use the the forward midfielder defender ranks uh, significantly throughout my uh, sort of keeper league drafts, uh, which worked has worked pretty well for me, apart from the time where I drafted Matt Crouch over uh, Andy Brayshaw <laughs> in a startup keeper. Oh, dear. <laughs> Whose ranks were that? Uh, hopefully, they weren't mine, but uh, I've always been the Andrew Brayshaw man. I've got a picture of him behind me on the wall, so hopefully they weren't mine. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. <laughs> I think the whole fantasy world probably thought Matt Crouch, Matt Crouch was actually going to be a 
beast um, once upon a time. So, yeah, probably isn't too harsh. But anyway, um, no, it's good to hear that you- It wasn't part of the Keeper League at the time, but I I can just blame Doss for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, always Dossie's fault. No, it's good to hear when we have guests come on to see they're actually using the resources. So, you know, if it's good enough for the podcasters out there, surely it's good enough for uh, the members too. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to some listener questions. Um, The first one comes from uh, Jordan DeSena. Uh, What to do with Taron Thomas? Obviously, we don't need to really go into what's going on there, but um, what would you do if you owned him? I would drop him. I don't. I don't see a way that he plays for North Melbourne again. Yeah, I'm um, of the same uh, feelings. Um, at Cameron with a bunch of numbers after it. Uh, where do you see Luke McDonald's ceiling this season? Um, and also Cherry versus Grundy. We already kind of talked about that, but uh, Luke McDonald's ceiling. What do you see? I mean. His ceiling is very high if he potentially, again, it all depends on Hall, but I think he potentially could go 90 this year yeah. um, as a ceiling. Uh, I see potentially uh, with the co-captaincy as well, take a little bit more of responsibility. Yep. Uh, I see him going a 90 player. Absolutely. No, it's uh, pretty exciting times there. Um, we'll move on to the next one um, at Jai's a Kite. Um, is Stephen King going to get, Stevenson going to get a game under Clarko? We kind of went through that before on any other players, but it doesn't look likely at the moment. There will be a stage where he probably gets a go at some stage. Are you expecting anything when he does? Yeah, he'll have a run sort of four to five games in there, I think. And I think he'll score well during those games. It'll just be whether or not he plays the team role and can be trusted to play the team role enough for him to be sort of a, a long-term prospect going into 2024 and beyond. And if Clarko doesn't see that, then I think he won't play. Yeah, no, same. I agree. Um, at time, Miller asks, can Core become less poo? I mean, if, if you're drafting complete, basically, fullbacks, or centre half backs there. Uh, I I really can't help you, Miller. Uh, uh, no, he will have the exact same role that he's had there. Uh, maybe it's slightly helped by the fact that Griffin Logue is now there as well. Yeah. But uh, no, I I don't really see anything helpful there. Given your yeah your shortage of key tools, he was kind of ruined when he went to North Melbourne because he kind of just had to play one of those roles and he couldn't play like the hybrid kind of type he was at GWS a bit more. So yeah, the the, the, yeah. Down, the upside I think a couple of years ago you got quite a few of the kick-ins, so. He can sometimes get a bit of a bump there, but it's nothing I'd want to rely on each week, that's for sure. Yeah, no. I see, I see the kick-ins as solely uh, all Zeebel if he's back there and Luke McDonald. Yeah. Um, DJ Juice's ghost going back to Stevenson. He had a follow-up uh, follow question. Um, who would you keep out of Jaden Stevenson or Ed Richards? I think that's pretty self-explanatory now. I think I'd be going Ed Richards. Yeah, a lot of potential there. We'll talk about the dogs in the next few weeks. Um, at uh, Munro Xavier, um, project LDU's score and any upside of Scott in a Hall role. 90 plus, question mark for that one. Uh, first one, LDU score, project it. Let's go, average. I think 105 plus. We shown potential in the last year. It's definitely on the cards. And um, yeah. what do you think of Scott? You tend to think he's on the wing. Do you think he can go to a halfback yeah. flank though? Or what do you just see Scott um, averaging this season? I see Scott's uh, potential as essentially on par with North Melbourne's potential for this year. If you think that North Melbourne are going to be a little bit more competitive and control more of the ball, then yes, I see 85, 90. Um, but I am a little more realistic about our chances this year. And I think that we won't be controlling the ball. So I think what he did last year is probably a little bit uh, more accurate, maybe five points upside this year. 
Yeah, somewhere in the 70s for me, I reckon, is about his bag at the moment. Uh, The wing role is kind of Mm. nice, but it's not going to be good for the future um, if it does mean there because he'd be a midfielder only and a low one at that. Uh, We might wrap it up there. So thank you very much for joining us all the way from the US. Um, Sorry about the time difference and things like that, but I think it worked out pretty well in the end. So, yeah. Yeah, you're a lot more kinder than, than my fellow Hatchat people. <laughs> you, you, you allow me to do it not at 2 a.m., so I appreciate you. Well, if you want to give Hatchat a plug, now's the time. Otherwise, you can tell them to go stuff themselves. Up to you. Well, I mean, Sanch was, Sanch was pretty mean to the rest of the Hatchat boys on him, so I'll just say that uh, massive love to to Jake and DC as the, the three main contributors to the, the Hatchat podcast. Please come have a listen. We're obviously a little more focused on classic, and by a little more, I mean entirely focused on classic <laughs> as well. But it is a bit of fun. We come on and we have a laugh and we normally get some pretty good guests on. So, yeah, come have a listen if you'd like, but not Sanch. You're not welcome. Where can people find you on the socials and, yeah, you and Hatchat? Yep, they can find us at Hatchat AFL and they can find me at Obermullet. There we go, Obermullet on the Twitter sphere. Um, at the same time, you can get around us uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We're on all of those platforms. Uh, please make sure you sign up as a member to support the podcast and get around our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KEEPER20 at, uh, at checkout and you'll gain yourself 20% off and free shipping. All right, anything else you want to add before we sign off there, Nathan? No, just Manscaped are a great sponsor. <laughs> You've got the same one, dude. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, right. <laughs> no worries. Well, yeah, get around Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped. Use both of our codes in tandem. Anyways, uh, thanks once again for joining us. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.